Welcome to Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. A Buddha is someone who's awake within the matrix and co-creating with divinity as a soul having a human experience. Each enlightened episode is dedicated to help you level up the energy field of your Merkaba. You can manifest the parallel reality that fits the best version of you. This podcast is for entertainment purposes and does not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Now, let's welcome your host, author Von Galt and her guest. some memories that I've never forgotten. They've always been with me. And um, there's been a num- number of other memories through uh, meditation and through just uh, other shamanic practices just to basically kind of focus my mind and go inward and, and find out what those questions and answers are that I was having based on what I originally thought. They weren't even memories. I just thought they were imagination. That was a vivid, you know, dreamer and that turns out to be memories. Well, who is your soul family? Do you have any recall of your soul family prior to incarnating? Uh, I I have a lot of memories of other lives uh, prior to incarnating here on Earth. Um, uh, The difference, what people often don't realize is that our soul family can be any race uh, of beings. Because it's like your family on Earth, we go make our own family from other families. So we have our origin race, and then we have our soul family that we come together and you know do certain jobs together. So I have memory of quite a few different races. Do you do you recall some some races and kind of what what were they like? What did they look like? What was their culture like? Do you have any of those kind of remembrances of them? Now, a lot of the, a lot of my uh, memories of them are, are just flashes. I, I don't tend to remember names and like that type of information. My memories are like photographs that would be flashes and moments in time, but also uh, events. I can visually see them. Uh, so I do have there's like uh, some races that were, that looked like uh, a rhesus monkey that um, they were highly advanced and very intelligent. Being some that looked like elephant seals. Uh, there were races that looked like uh, what we 
known to be like Andromedans or Arcturians, some that were just light, you know, just uh, all like they'll form themselves into a form so that you kind of have something to look at, but they're basically light. So, but many kinds. Okay. So, like, so for example, like the Andromedan or the Arcturian soul family that you um, are part of in that realm, they're mostly light beings, but did, when they're not light beings, what did their physical forms look like? Were they a certain color? They were a certain height? Can you describe? Yeah, there are some uh, Arcturians that are about eight feet tall. Um, the Palladians that are eight, seven, eight feet tall. They're often, there's a lot of blue-skinned races. Mm -hmm. um, some of them have very round heads. Uh, some have very long, obligated, oblong type of uh, skull. And, you know, so it's like almost, some of them look entirely human, just like we are. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a huge variation. And there are some that were like a green color, some that were all fur and hairy and, you know. <laughs> mm. Interesting. And, um, and you guys are probably wondering, what is, what is Juan and Chris doing in this beautiful tropical setting? So we're here at Chris's home in Kauai, Hawaii. And um, on the very, very top of the mountain, practically. And so we're here on location in Hawaii, and it's very beautiful. And the thing that's very interesting about Kauai is that uh, it's actually a portal. So I'll put the link in the show description. But um, NOAA, National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration, uh, they satellite image the Hawaiian Islands, and Kauai is a portal. So I'll put the link in there for you. So it's interesting that uh, we're here on Kauai in that there is a lot of Lemurian roots from the old civilization, lost civilization of Mu. Um, and I know you guys love the Mu and the Lemurian folklores from Buddhism, but we're here on location, and the interesting about the different experiences that Mr. Chris Connor has had uh, prior to this life incarnation was that he has recall of being part of Lemuria. So do you want to explain a little bit of your recall of being in Lemuria, since we're basically in one of the Lemurian islands? Uh, well, it wasn't that different from what it looks like now uh, up in the highest parts of the mountains, the lowest parts of the mountains, and a lot of imported plants, so it didn't look like that. Um, but it was it was very much tropical. Uh, there were two or three races, uh, at least, that I recall in the Lemurian times. Um, some were very small uh, people, some were um, very tall. Uh, so I know like Palladians were part of it at that time. Uh, what we see as a uncorded Cherokee, so that's part of the Lemurian line as well. Um, and so a lot of Native tri American tribes uh, were Lemurian, came from this area originally, uh, but you know, they fled before the continent at that time collapsed, about 50,000 years ago. So it didn't look that different than it does today. Yeah, and the interesting thing about a lot of the folklore of Mu or Lemuria in Buddhist temples and many of the artwork throughout Southeast Asia, throughout the Pacific Islands, all the way up to the Americas, is that um, the Lemurians, you had some blonde Lemurians, you had some redhead ones, you had many that looked um, native, like uh, black hair and other 
variety. So there's a very mixed uh, cosmology. And you're saying that some of the cosmology comes from the Pleiades, come from, what, the Arcturians, the Andromedans? Yeah, they, a lot of them were here at that time. Uh, they were uh, they were also a race of reptilians that were part of the Lemuria that were uh, the Hadrosaur base. They're, they weren't the, uh, the Anunnaki base. It was a different, uh, a different race. Mm -hmm. um, so that reptilian race, who are still on Earth, they're just underground now. There was too many humans for them on the surface, so they went underground. Uh, but they were above ground uh, during the times of Lemuria. Okay. So whenever somebody brings up the race of the reptilians as part of their soul ancestry, um, there's a little bit of stigma mm -hmm. around reptilians. Uh, yes. So a negative stigma. So yes. is there something that you want to enlighten us about? Are they just as diverse as humans? There are good humans and there are bad humans. Is it something like that or? you want to correct something about right. the reptilian? Well, it's just like uh, different races of humans on Earth. It's the same with the reptilian-based races. The Hadrosaur uh, native Earth race of reptilians evolved on Earth. We're here long before the Anunnaki and the Orion and all of those races came to conquer Earth. Uh, in fact, they battled with them. So that um, so they, they, they didn't get along with one another either you know, because they were they were they don't love humans but they don't hate us either so <laughs> not like the uh, the Anunnaki base uh, reptilian race and the draconians. So Chris, the thing about the reptilians so. Some people, when they start getting into this work of energy healing, when they start getting into, whether they do it with technology like Dean's, whether they do it through meditation or any other kind of modality, and they get into this consciousness work, they not only raise their frequency and they go into higher realms of reality, but they start opening themselves to seeing other beings in their peripheral vision or in, um, in their reality. And so if they see a reptilian, for example, which is not this beautiful blonde Pleiadian that everybody wants to see, um, they get a little bit scared. And I've had this with my clients who do meditation and they see these beings, so they get scared and they completely shut down the meditation because they cut, cut down the communication. What do you want to say to help people discern if they should move forward and communicate with certain beings or they should close it out? Because you're saying there are good reptilians that came before the Anunnaki. Uh, that is correct, that, they, that there are. Um, I wouldn't call them good as, as what we look at as good and bad. They're more like um, indifferent, so they don't really care. I wouldn't go to their front door and knock. I wouldn't come back, so, mm -hmm. but they wouldn't go look for me either. So they, they keep to themselves. Um, uh, but... And, and that race of a positive, I guess we would have to say, reptilian would never contact a human. Why not? They don't want anything to do with it. They, okay. yeah. they want to just evolve independently. They're doing their own thing, okay. you know, and they don't really want to be involved with us. Though they are involved at times governmentally because they own land or they occupy land. So they have to deal with governmental agencies. But that's mm -hmm. as far as they'll go. 
Mm -hmm. um, if you're contacted by a reptilian, you got to look in, or any entity, it doesn't matter, if, even if they're a beautiful looking being, you have to look into your heart. What about that contact? Was it, did they come to you and say things that uh, lead you to feel doom or hopelessness? That's not a positive contact. If they come in and say, listen, there may be some difficulty, but there's light at the end of the tunnel. There's beauty to be had. The earth is evolving in a positive, beautiful, fourth density way. Then you're most likely speaking with somebody that is trying to assist you in your personal evolution on a positive way. You have to look into your heart and see what that answer is. Right, right. And usually everything is pre-planned anyways in the spirit world before you incarnated. So maybe these beings, when they do contact you, it's part of your pre-plan to kind of help elevate you to your next level of experience. Yeah. So um, let's talk about next level experience. So you got most of your information about the Deems device and how to engineer it through your secret space program recall. So how did your soul family, which are a mix of these different beings, um, get you involved with the secret space program as part of your incarnation? Well, I Is there something that they do with your pre-life planner? Yeah. Well, I can tell you the first couple of moments prior to incarnation, and I think that might answer your yeah. question. Uh, <laughs> um, what you do is you go through, uh, you can just, you know, because we're in a matrix, basically, which is a program. Uh, and so you go through the program, and you fast forward through the program, and you see, you know, what circumstances exist within it. And if you want to make changes, you make changes. And then you have your, what we call guides, you have your soul family, people that are going to stay behind while you're gone and help you achieve your goal, whatever those goals might be. Now, we have free will while we're here on Earth. If we don't remember that this is the process, or we choose to go against what we've chosen to do prior to coming here, our guides will step back. And when our guides step back, they, that's what, that's part of the plan. You plan that so that things begin to happen. So when your life is going all wrong, you've got to stop and think, okay, I, I stopped doing what I was meant to do at some point. It can be difficult to find that. Uh, but then those are also the times that some negative uh, energies can come in and when take you're advantage. Confused, when, when you're, you're confused, yeah. when you're off your, off your off plan. Your pan, yeah. Then they can come in and kind of like maybe take you a little further off. You know, because their whole goal is to either stop the light that you're emitting or dim it, at least, and control you in some form or fashion. And they'll do that through fear, anger, addiction. Mm, yeah, and that typically happens. Um, that especially Because I consult the quantum hypnosis and six senses because as you do your awakening, you raise your consciousness higher and higher up in these um, different frequencies. Sometimes, if you're off your path, you'll have a lot of weird metaphysical things happen, and that's basically your spirit posse kind of tapping you on the shoulder. Hey, you're off track. You got to get back on track so you can complete your your goal for this incarnation. But at the same time, because you are kind of off in the weeds, it's easy to pluck you from your path and then put you into whatever psyop plan that's going to waste your time. So I totally understand that. So um, let's, I have a couple of questions about the SSP program. Okay. Um, so 
currently the United Nations and world governments are seen as untrustworthy because of the use of the 2020 through 2022 propaganda, passports, and mandates to inject the world population with gene therapy that seems not to be safe and effective long term. So how is the UN that you worked with in the secret space program turn out to be the good guys? Can you tell us how that transformed? Yeah, that's actually an excellent question. Uh, I can give you an example simply by saying there are organizations here in the United States that are looking after our security, that are looking after our airspace, and there are factions within each of those organizations. Uh, many of them are fractured, where they don't work with one another, and there's a negative and a positive side, because all things must be in balance. Mm -hmm. So, often what we hear about are the negative side, because they're the ones causing all the trouble, they're the ones making all the noise, and they're the ones doing all those things to help keep us in a form of slavery, you know, without utter and total freedom. So there, uh, so I worked with what you would call the, 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 the positive side of those factions. And how did you, how do you know that you that you worked with the positive side and not basically being what they would call controlled opposition or another part of, of the, the puppeteering of right. that whole dynamic? How do you know? What are some ways that we know that we're not being misused? Well, that's it's another excellent question because we don't we can't always know because mm -hmm. the, the entities that work on the outside, you know, outside of this density, can try to affect our our, our changes in our life and our decisions are so intelligent. They're much smarter than we are consciously smart here. Um, so we have to again go into our heart and. You can't judge somebody based on what they say. You can only, well, you shouldn't judge them anyway. But you can't, you can't base your opinion on someone simply for what they say. You have to look at their actions, and their actions will tell you whether you're on a positive or negative path. And you have to look at yourself because that that there there are people, people that I love and care about, that are apparently very positive people. But then also you look at their actions. And that really tells the nature of their soul. They're really not. Yeah. So it's even it's even more critical as we evolve further into our spiritual evolution that we tap into our six senses, that we have a really good intuition, that we're working with our spirit guides and their spirit posse to kind of help us navigate these higher dimensions because it seems to be a lot of interesting characters. So... Um, Another popular question about the SSP program is about black goo and AI nanoparticles. Mm -hmm. How did you detox the black goo and AI nanoparticles out of your body? Because that was one of the things that you experienced in the SSP program. Right. Uh, we, we were injected early on um, because, like I say, that uh, there were uh, purposes for that that we were told one thing and, you know, it was, it was something else, unfortunately. Um, but all of those AI type based biometric, um, what we call black goo, these little micro machinery that uh, they're all set at a vibrational rate, a frequency. And as long as your, our frequency is at 
a certain rate when we're injected. If we remain there, we'll never get rid of it. But through meditation and through uh, self-seeking and you know living a, uh, a life that creates positivity every day, that raises your native vibration. Anything you can do to raise your native soul vibration, um, and it will come to a point where it will just eject itself because it can't handle that frequency. Okay, so this, this comes into relevance because there's a lot of people, whether they believe in SSP program and the, the experiences that, that you and others say that you experience in the secret space program. I mean, we know the secret space program is real because the United States government has funded billion dollars of crazy amount into the space program and they wouldn't do that had they not tested it out uh, without the taxes being approved by the, the, the citizens. So we know it, that something happened that approved move forward into recruiting for the secret space program. But the stories that people hear about the secret space program, like what you went through, Chris, it seems fantastical. But the thing is, is that in modern medicine now, and I'll put the links in the show description for you geeks out there who want to geek out on this, um, and I read them too, is that AI nanoparticles is not sci-fi, it's actually part of modern medicine right now. And so this is a real thing uh, that we are experiencing with gene therapy as it progresses and evolves in our modern medicine. So we need to know and be more conscious of what kind of medicine we partake in and what is involved. And so the sci-fi concept of black you and AI nanoparticles that you experience now doesn't seem so sci-fi because that concept exists now and people have it in their bodies so you're saying if we raise our frequency we can detox them is there any other ways that we can if we think we have this in our bodies that we can detox it if we don't want to be part of that agenda whatever it is it, it truly because it's biometric and it can adjust to a great many things biologically mm -hmm. it's really difficult to get rid of in that, that i recall uh, uh, information I don't recall. Obviously, there could be more, but it's it, the key is raising your vibration. You just can't handle it. Okay, so just kind of go above 5G, go to like infinite G. <laughs> You're just gonna go. It, it really, and I can tell you that the three things that I have personally adopted uh, that I try to do every single day. They're very three very simple things that most of us are doing anyway, but we do them together every day. It will raise your vibration. And the first thing is to do something positive and kind for somebody throughout the day. Whether it's give them a flower, say hello, I love you, your shirt looks great. Or you go cook a meal, whatever that looks like. Just do something positive for someone else every day. It could be a tiny thing. Also, um, uh, do something physical. You know, with your body, whether it's go for a short walk, whatever you can physically do if you're, if you're unable to do certain things, find something physical to do just for a few minutes every single day. Um, okay, so the other thing I wanted to know also about this um, is currently academic research, and I'll put it in the show notes for you guys who want to go down and look at the legitimate science behind CRISPR gene editing technology to, to create designer babies shows that the second generation died. They all, they didn't reproduce at the second generation. So um, are there clones in the secret space program that can, that you give us insight on? Or what is this deal with CRISPR technology? And should we be dabbling in that at all? Uh, well, 
I personally am not familiar with the CRISPR technology. That's not something I've studied or looked into. Um, but I also know that the technology that is in uh, the space forces that are out, uh, that are human, space forces, that technology is far beyond anything that we're working on here on Earth on the surface. You know, that comes from uh, other races. So the technology is completely different. So it's very stable. It's very stable. So um, one of the things about the secret space program that people have discussed in various interviews is that they would do a clone and then they'll use that clone up for a certain period of time and then put their soul essence into another clone body. Why don't they just have the clone run its full life? Why constantly changing outfits? Does that an aspect of it not being... Um, not having longevity, or what? It, what is the reason for short-term well, short use? The the only short-term use I was ever familiar with was if uh, you were injured. Like for example, I was shot and I died, so they had to quickly move me into a clone they had. You know, that was a basically the same age at that time, mm -hmm. um, so it was really no that that much difference. You know, uh, so that so. Basically, the only thing, only time I know of them changing them out is if there's an injury, something goes really wrong, they can't repair your physical body, you know, otherwise they'll leave you in there indefinitely. And then you, you, you had your essence put back into a two-year-old toddler version of yourself in this current reality. Yes. So how does that work? Well, uh, I mean, they... Uh, basically, when they returned me after the 60 years that I was gone, um, they returned me at the same age. They created a clone that was the same age that I was when they took me. And that's what they returned to Earth, and that's this physical body now. So uh, I've had two, two other clones. So this is my third clone and my original body. So. Okay, so I interviewed um, Jody and Will. And they said that if you have a clone body, you would have some kind of number in your finger, your, your fingertip somewhere. If you zoom in, have you ever done that to see if yeah. there's a number or some kind of symbol? Yeah, I've never, never, never done that. that? Never okay. So, um, so how do you know that your, your body is clone or not clone? Is there something that tells you? Are you talking about me personally? Yeah, because this is, this is like your third generation. Because I remember. Did yeah, you remember? I, I remember all of the different times. I, uh, I was first taken when I was age advanced, so when I, I was age advanced, the first body that I was born with uh, was age advanced up to about 25. Um, that body lived for 20-ish years. I was shot, I was killed, I was moved into a, another clone body, and then I was another 20 or so years, and then I negotiated uh, for uh, a new clone, just simply because I wanted a younger body for the last 20 years of my uh, SSP, my uh, my contract, uh, and then they created the two-year-old clone, returning back to Earth, and that's this body. Okay, so all the clones that you've had are pretty much identical. There's nothing slightly different, like no longer earlobes or bigger eyes, nothing slightly different than the previous one. They've all been identical? They're, they're all absolutely identical. Oh, okay. They have different experiences, you know, so there could be differences between clones simply because one may trip on the floor and get a scar on their face. Mm -hmm. and they'll have it, but then if your consciousness and memories are put into a new clone, that clone looks exactly like 
you were when you took that first clone body. So it's just basically, it's, it's just, and they're exactly the same. They're not like the AI type of clones that people worried about that are being controlled, uh, that were fully biological. Um, that, and there's just, there's no difference from the original body I was born into here on Earth than this one. Yeah, you know, the thing is, is, is as we get into these type of conversations and then we see this technology play out in real life, like with CRISPR designer babies and with the um, baby making factory, that, that, that video that's gone viral, which is in the show description, this conversation that seems fantastical is now starting to seem actually probable um, and much more likely now that it is coming out as a real thing. And so, um, is there something that we should know about this baby-making factory? Is it, is it something that we should dabble in? What's the benefits? What's not the benefits when we get into these type of conversations with cloning people from your experience? Well, like I said, from my experience, the only cloning that I was familiar with was the type of cloning that uh, I experienced off-planet. Um, but I can speak on a spiritual level and answer oh, your question. Okay. On a spiritual level, um, too many advancements to our body distracts us from our real goal of spiritual advancement. As long as we can maintain our goal of uh, spiritual advancement, you're going to enhance your body to live longer for the purpose of seeking spiritually, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. And, you know, sometimes we want to look a little better and make an adjustment here and there. That's okay. That kind of stuff's cool. Um, but it's, it, it truly, on a spiritual level, is best because there is such a plan. Every individual that is born isn't by chance. So when you come in, you come in with a plan, though you don't remember it, and, you're, and our goal is to remember it. Our, our purpose in life is to remember that plan. Um, so if you come into a, a body that's been engineered, you've chosen to come into that body. So, it, so we're not abridging free will for the individual. So as long as that technology and that research doesn't take us away from our spiritual, personal soul advancement, as an individual, because that affects the whole race, then there's not that much wrong with it, ultimately. Okay. Um, yeah, that's definitely interesting. You know, one of the things that people email me about when it comes to this conversation about the secret space program and all these other technologies, which many people have different opinions about, what is the end goal of being of having your soul incarnate into this experience? What's the end goal for the SSP program? Is there an end goal? Uh, well, there's a number of goals. The, the primary goal of uh, Earth space programs um, was to because, uh, was to advance technologically, was to go off planet because all races, on all planets, as they evolve, leave their planet. It's just part of the process. Um, and so we were just, that's, it's just been an attempt to do that. But then also because they were aware of some of our enemies that are out there, who are, you know, in the large part suppressed now and gone. Uh, we're dealing with residual stuff, but for the most part they're gone. They were, our governments were aware of those threats. So they had to work on 
self-protection and self-preservation as well. Okay, so if we have a very interesting intergalactic um, higher dimensional existence in the near future as part of as a humanity evolves spiritually and so all these souls from these different lifetimes as star seeds and have and have these very intergalactic soul families and one of them incarnates here at this time it is to kind of help transition into a much more peaceful intergalactic humanity is that is that the the overall mission? That's absolutely correct. Okay. That's absolutely correct. I'm sure there's a lot of like, like sub notes, sub notes, sub notes, yeah. levels, but overall that's okay. Yeah, because the whole planet uh, physically is evolving into a full fourth density planet. And then we as uh, humans, as we die off and are reborn, uh, only fourth density souls, human souls, and fourth density and higher, you know visitor souls can actually be born and really no very 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 few negative souls can be born on earth well they don't have the, the frequency it's not there they don't it's have the raise that frequency okay so so source is very loving for those that aren't of the frequency for the new transition of earth they'll be incarnated into other realities and other planets that still have uh those lessons that they can learn in that yes. that lower density so everybody gets love at their level. Um, let's watch the promo video of your Deems uh, product. This is the Deems device, the Divine Evolution Electromagnetic Micro Singularity device. I know that's a lot of big words, but what do they mean and what is a Deems device? Much in the same way that acupuncture uses small needles to adjust the flow of energy in the body, the Deems device uses 14 powerful rare earth magnets or neodymium magnets to create a flow of electromagnetic and piezoelectric energy. This energy is focused to a single point, either in the center of this ring magnet here or it's moved to the tip of these pyramidal shaped crystals here. The point of energy can then interact with the meridians or neural clusters in the body to relieve pain, help to stimulate cellular growth, and balance the energy centers or chakras. But how does it work? To answer this, we must first understand basic electromagnetic therapeutic treatments. Electromagnetic therapies have been around for hundreds if not thousands of years. In ancient Greece, electric eels and torpedo fish were used to treat migraines, arthritis, and gout. The first known electromagnetic therapy device was the Baghdad battery. And just like the Deems device, it used iron rods surrounded by copper plates in a jar filled with water. This water would then generate a small electrical charge, and when placed over the patient's treatment area, it was believed to have relieved pain and stimulated cellular growth for healing. This process was rediscovered sometime between the 16th and 18th centuries by the University of Leiden in Holland. The university coated a glass jar with silver or tin and inserted an iron rod in the middle. Again, the jar was filled with water, generating a small electromagnetic current, and applied to the treatment area. The Deems device is a copper tube with an iron plate in the center separating a series of 13 neodymium magnets, the most powerful magnets available. 
The difference here is that instead of water, the Deems device uses pure organic beeswax to buffer the series of magnets held within the device. This electromagnetic flow of energy then exits the handle and flows around this powerful ring magnet. The flow is then returned to the handle and the process is continued infinitely. The ring magnet pushes this current outward, creating a vortex of electromagnetic energy. Our device uses this vortex of electromagnetic energy flow to enact changes in the body for healing and balance. But why is this important, and how does it heal? To be honest, the effects of magnets and electromagnetic energies on the body is still somewhat of a scientific mystery. We've known that magnets caused the flow of electromagnetic energy since the work of Faraday in the mid-19th century, and due to the research of Drs. Luigi Galvani and Carlos Medatucci in the late 1700s, we understand that damaged nerves emit electricity. If the nerves are exposed to air, the electrical charge dissipates out of the body, but if the damage is under the skin, the emitted electricity will collect and pool around the damaged nerves as their normal flow of electrical current is interrupted. It's well understood that if a nerve is damaged, its blood supply and lymph drainage will also be damaged. This tissue damage, be it bone or soft tissue, produces a pooling of electricity blood products, lymph drainage, and inflammatory mediators, and it's believed that this pooling is a large component of the sensation of pain and causes inflammation and ultimately can inhibit your body's ability to heal naturally. It's well established that temporary pain relief can be produced by the use of certain electrical currents and their derivatives, but it's also believed that due to the extraordinary research of Dr. Robert Becker, that they may heal and regenerate tissue as well. It's our belief that this is so, and it's to this end that the Deems device was invented by us. Let's dive a little bit deeper. Electromagnetic therapies are of two basic types. Those that remove or mobilize the already occurring electricity within the body and can be as simple as soaking in a hot mineral bath, wearing copper bracelets, acupuncture, and magnets applied to the body. The second type of therapy are those that administer a current of some type to the body. These can be the use of an electrical current or a derivative of a current such as sound waves or lasers, ultrasound, infrared, or even radio frequencies, and other electromagnetic energy waves. The DEEMS device falls somewhere between these two types of electromagnetic therapies. It clearly uses powerful magnetic energy waves, but it also uses a piezoelectric energy as well, created by the tension exhibited by the flow of energy from the device into the ring magnet, creating a vortex and the single point of energy. But how does electromagnetic energy ease pain or affect healing? Again, the reason for this isn't entirely known. But the best understanding of it is through the research of Ronald Melzack and Patrick D. Wall, where in 1965, they published their findings in a book entitled Pain Mechanisms, A New Theory. In their book, they postulated that administered electrical currents block the gates that control pain impulses in the spinal cord, preventing these impulses from ever reaching the brain. In addition, it's believed that administered electrical currents help to release indigenous endorphins into the body, which relieve pain as well. 
It's also believed that the use of magnetic current helps to disperse the pooled electrical energy and or change the polarity of that energy, dispersing it into the surrounding tissue or moving it along the pathway of healthy nerves. Magnets also likely affect the iron found in red blood cells, increasing blood flow to an injury or pain site, promoting the mobilization of inflammatory mediators, moving them away from the pain site, helping to temporarily relieve pain. The DEEMS device is also intended for the use of energy work and the healing of the body and the soul in that it uses the universal energy which surrounds us all and is contained within the flow of electromagnetic energy. When the flow of energy is directed through a crystal, the elemental and mineral properties of the crystal change the frequency of universal energy to a more focused energy tuned to the vibrational frequency of the crystal used. When applied to the body and directed to the different energy centers or chakras and the corresponding crystal is used, a greater degree of balancing and healing can be enacted by the practitioner of energy healing, meditation, and overall body wellness and balance. But who would benefit from the use of the DEEMS device? Anyone suffering from pain and who seek holistic means of treatment in addition to an already established pain treatment. Anyone seeking a more balanced energy flow within their body. Those seeking a deeper and more effective relaxation, especially when applied in conjuncture with meditation, sound, ultrasound, and massage therapies. Also available are the seven chakra stones which are attached to the powerful neodymium magnets and can be interchanged in seconds. The various chakra stones can be of assistance to practitioners of acupuncture, Reiki or energy healing, and other spiritual shamanic practices by using the native energy within the practitioner and the patient, then enhancing it and amping it up exponentially, in much the same way that electromagnetic energy waves help to disperse pooled electricity within the body. The DEEMS device helps to unblock damaged or blocked nervous system pathways found within the body known as meridians, chakras, or energy centers. The unblocking of these energy centers is believed to help the seeker in balancing the mind, body, and soul, and frankly can be a critical tool for a greater and expedited spiritual awakening. Speaking for myself, it's helped me to ease physical pain during my daily meditation sessions to allow me a greater and deeper connection to my guides, ancestors, and angels. In fact, the DEEMS device was a gift from the other side. One day while in meditation, the image of the device popped into my mind, and I instantly knew what it was and how to create it. In fact, I understood its purpose and the important role it could play in helping to heal the world, especially in this time of transition and human evolution. We invite you to try it for yourself. We know it isn't cheap, and if we could provide those who can't afford to purchase the DEEMS device with one for free, we would. In fact, someday soon we'll be able to do just that. But until that day, I encourage you to give it a try. Each device is handmade in the USA. In fact, it's made right here in the paradise of Hawaiian Islands. It's numbered and comes with a certificate of authenticity as being a genuine and original DEEMS device. 
So if you're on a journey as we are, to improve not only our own spiritual and physical self, but you work to help all of humanity as well as this amazing planet with all of her inhabitants, then please visit our Light Love Media website and scroll down for purchasing options. We look forward to hearing from you and becoming a part of the Deems family. Interesting. Uh, well, firstly, the, the Bag Baghdad battery was uh, found in Iraq in 1936, I think. Um, and I just combined that with the Ankh, the Egyptian Ankh, um, because of my memories of using the Ankh here on Earth thousands of years ago, but then also using the Deems device uh, in the space pro programs there. So. I remember them. I remember how to use them. I remember what they did. Though mine is different, uh, it won't. It won't remove your consciousness. It won't remove your memories. It won't do any of that uh, because those are electronic and they're programmable computer devices. These are simply magnetic. They create a piezoelectric energy and uh, magnetic energy, and that's the energies that our body uses, um, you know, to heal itself balance our chakras, you know, so that's what our nervous system literally uses, is piezoelectric energy and electromagnetic energy. Great, so, um, so the device, you saw, you saw the information about the Egyptian Baghdad battery, and that just, just seeing that just recall your experience of using that device in um, different civilizations thousands of years ago. Which civilizations do you have memory of using this device? Um, well, the Ankh especially, uh, the Baghdad battery I just remember about, I don't remember using that except for the fact that I remember uh, one time I had one resting on my shoulder because I had an injury. That's the only memory I have of what I would call a Baghdad battery. Um, but the Ankh I have memories of because there's a, a number of uses with that type of a device. depends on how it's built and the materials that are used and they can do different things. Mm -hmm. Um, and that is from, uh, from Egyptian times. I remember uh, uh, some of the work that we did with that because uh, I was part of, again, part of a race that came in to assist. Okay, so you weren't, you weren't a human in the Egyptian times. You were, in, you were part of a different uh, planetary race that came in using this device to help energy heal people in the area. I did both. Okay. I was incarnated. I incarnated in, through the human race, which is usually the best way to do it, um, but to visit also, uh, you know, I was part of a group that did that as well. Let's take a look at this device. Please de describe what's going on with the device. Well, uh, like the Baghdad battery, this is a, a copper tube, and uh, the, the copper tube has an iron plate separating the two, the two sides on the inside. Uh, and then there's 13 magnets that come in series down and across and back up. Why 13? Because some people say that there's 13 chakras. Does a chakra for each planet 
in your in your universe and and your chakras mirror how many planets are there. So some people say there's 13 planets in our universe and there's 13 chakras. And I find it interesting that you have 13 magnets. Why 13? Well, ultimately I have 14. Really? Um, okay. Yeah, because the because the ring magnet also. Um, but honestly, it's because it's most economical. Uh, I have to have these magnets manufactured, and if they're made any larger, they're twice as expensive, so it would make it even more expensive to buy. So it's an economics decision, really. Um, but, uh, but basically, it's just there to create that circulation of energy. And so they, they come in series, they'll come down one side and back up, and then it comes around the ring magnet. Now. This magnet, if you turn it this way, is polarized to push energy out. So as the energy comes up and around, this is pushing it out. And so it's spinning and creating a vortex on this side here. So it'd be like a little tornado right there. Mm -hmm. You know, like two inches or so, a little vortex. I, 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 for some reason, I just feel like taking it and sticking it right on my third eye. <laughs> like does. Like, yeah, we'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, so what's supposed to happen? I mean, when we're... Well, what that does is that draws, you know, we're, our body naturally pulls energy in. It's just on the left side of the shoulder, both of the feet. Um, and then what this is doing is pulling a lot of energy in. So your, your body's drawing in much more than natural, ambient, universal energy mm -hmm. and earth, uh, magnetic energy uh, that is just natural. You know, and that's what causes us to, to heal and to relieve pain and everything is that energy. And we're walking around with shoes and in buildings. We're not barefoot in the dirt anymore. So we're not getting all the energy we need. This just helps draw that in. Yeah. It's, it's weighty. It's weighty. It and I actually, when I'm holding it, I just feel like the draw to keep putting it on my third eye. I just feel this draw. So, um, but there's crystals that you put a part of this and there's different colored crystals. What does the crystals do to you when you're using it? Uh, as for, for the most part, the device... You don't, it doesn't require anything but what it is right here and right now. This will really, really assist somebody by bringing an additional energy into their body. And so their body can heal itself. So it doesn't do anything but just generate uh, a powerful magnetic and piezoelectric field. Um, the, the crystals, for people that, that do chakra work specifically, or they do any kind of shamanic work, or, or they want to like if you do acupressure, and you want to target meridians of the body, um, we know that certain, because uh, our chakras are basically like little microscopic clusters of neurons that are, you know, like little mini brains, really. And so this draws those energies through. Well, if I wanted to work on my solar plexus, then I would grab an associated crystal um, that's that color, either, you know, yellow or orange, depending on the area of your body or whatever meridian you want to work on. You just, and so it's basically because... The crystalline structure and nature uh, of crystals and stones uh, focus energy, and, uh, and, and, it, and it changes vibration depending on how that energy flows through that crystal. So um, when you put it, and they, they attach here, like a little pyramid, um, and so what it does is it comes through the vortex, and so it changes the vibration and frequency of the ambient energy. So right now it's just ambient earth energy, it's, it's energy coming from the planet and the air. You put a crystal on it, it just adjusts that energy slightly to a certain meridian or part of the body. So 
That, that's that's the purpose of it. But you don't need them at all, really. Oh, okay. So you don't even need, like, what, because the, the, when you order, it comes with the different crystals, but you can also use it without the crystals. Yeah, I, okay. well, they're, they're actually separate. Oh, they are? Okay. Because, because the crystals aren't always available. They're hand-cut. They're intense work. <laughs> Um, and so I focus on the, the devices first and foremost, and when I can do crystals, I'll, I'll have them up. So, uh, but most people don't have the crystals, though they are available. Okay. So it will function whether it has it or it doesn't it have will, it. It absolutely will. It's just, if you're just starting with energy work, you really don't need the crystals mm -hmm. because, you know, you haven't really gotten into how to adjust energy to your body. Mm -hmm. And this will, and if you're not doing energy work at all, if you just want pain relief, this will help you. You know, because uh, how do you, uh, our nerves get blockages, you know, and so that's where we have information and pain. And so, um, and the way to unblock it is to push electromagnetic energy through it, piezoelectric energy through your nervous system. And that's what this does. It creates that, uh, in fact, I can show you, because these are, the ring magnets are removable. This is how it wants to sit. Oh, Okay. Okay. This is how it wants to rest based on its electromagnetic field. So I say, I'm sorry, guy, you have to turn this way. <laughs> I kind of force it. And then what happens with magnets, when you force a magnet to go against its field of an, of an adjoining magnet, you create field piezoelectric energy. And that's the energy that our brain uses and our nervous system uses. So this is creating the same energy. It's a natural energy. Oh, okay. Um, you know, I, I wonder, have you ever uh, used Curlian photography or EEG machines to measure the effect of genes on the body to see what happens to people? Uh, we, I actually have. Uh, we, we, last October in Orlando, we did the, the, the GISIC conference. That Do you have pictures of that? Um, I was so incredibly busy that I didn't get any pictures. <laughs> we had a photographer there for, for three days two days, and uh, I had hundreds of people line up, and you could literally see, I'm, I'm sure, you know, somebody's got video, we just, <laughs> you know, we're going we're gonna to do that again, we were just so busy we couldn't do it, but you could literally see, uh, when they would hold the device, you could see a difference in their art field. Oh, that would be great and, to and see. And if they put it in a different hand, they would change again. They put it in a different part of their body, you could literally see the changes instantaneously. I wonder when somebody is dealing with um, some kind of ailment in the body, let's say they have heart issues, for example, if you put Kirlian photography to kind of see what's going on with the auras, and then you take the Deems device and you put it in the, the part where they have the ailment, is it going to show the, the healing being done? I uh, don't know. We haven't done that specifically. That would but, be interesting. You know, yeah. I, that, that's, I, I plan to buy a Curlian system myself this year and do that research and have a video. I just, you know, haven't had a chance yet. We'll do a follow-up with yeah, that one. I love that. doing research on energy yeah. healing. I love those uh, investigations. Now, is there going to be like a Deems 2.0 coming out? Um, there, there, there probably will be some adjustments later, you know, um, but for the most part right now, you know, we're, we're getting these guys out because uh, they're, they're so incredibly effective and people, you know, we have long waiting lists. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, you know, the, one of the biggest concerns for many spiritual people is the tainted food, water, and air that we ingest. Uh, will you be making any kind of healing devices that's going to recalibrate our food and waters into healthy conditions that we can take in? 
Well, it's interesting. I, I haven't uh, considered that specifically, uh, but I, I do know that there's a lot of research, and I am doing mm -hmm. some research now on, uh, on ways to focus types of energy. And if you can type, uh, you know, apply these energies to your food, to your water, it does make a difference. It, especially water. Water is highly reactive to positive and negative energy. Um, so we are looking into that, um, but uh, we're not quite there yet. That's, that's, a, that's a lot of research to do. <laughs> that's why they say it's always best to have positive intentions or maybe a simple prayer before you eat. All right, Chris, we've covered so much material. There is so much more to cover. You guys check the show description for the links for all the other stuff that uh, we didn't f further discuss. But I have one last question. Uh, Chris, what is a last message for fifth dimensional people of Earth that you want to give? Well, I guess my first and foremost thing is uh, don't lose hope. Uh, we hear so much about what's wrong in the world. We hear so much about the bad parts of it, the evil parts of it, and that stuff exists. But if we, if we think on that, we vibrate on that, we focus on that, we manifest that. And if we can understand and know that it exists, but then turn around and say, but what is the light? All things are in balance. Where's the light in this seemingly terrible situation? Focus on the light part, and you'll begin manifesting more light. And that'll move this fourth density process and the evolution of the entire human race much, much quicker. Wow, I, lo I love that last message. Well, Mr. Chris O'Connor, thank you for offering your energy healing technology to help us all live an organic life in the highest frequency here on Spaceship Earth. So for more information about Mr. Chris O'Connor's offerings, please visit his company website, lightlovemedia.com. And thank you kindly to our listeners for listening to another enlightening conversation. Until next time, blessings! Mwah! We hope you enjoyed this episode of Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. For more information about today's guest, please go to the show description. For more information about Vaughn's metaphysical work, please go to MerkabaChakras.com. The views expressed today are for entertainment purposes and do not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Don't forget to subscribe for more interviews about the fifth dimension. Until we meet again, blessings.